Goodbye, Jas by Kalpata Lupin. Narrated by Facing North Wind from HPFanficTalk.com. The rating is A. Justin to Susan, Year 7. You kissed, and everything came crumbling down. Literally. There was a creak in the wall, some curse gone loose during the battle, and right in that moment it widened to the point of fracture, a mass of debris and dust to separate me from you, and I couldn't help but wonder if it was a sign of destiny, if some superior will was trying to put you out of my reach, more than you already were, more than your kiss already did. It was more likely a simple coincidence. My father would have been able to explain it with scientific precision, the combination of quantifiable forces that had caused the structural failure. Did I ever mention to either of you that my father is a physicist? That I would have wanted to get a maths degree if I hadn't received my Hogwarts letter? Funny how we've known each other for years and how I'm only now realising how little we actually knew about each other. I'm not sure if it was the rumble of the wall or the pressure of my stare that made you separate and turn towards me. Your hands intertwined were like a punch to my stomach. Her look of stupor was quickly replaced by a little smile, but not that bright smile I loved. This was a mix of pity, apology, and an offer of friendship that I wasn't ready to accept in that moment. You weren't smiling at all. Your eyes were hard, daring, reproachful, your lips a thin and straight line. I was invading your private space, claiming something that had never been mine and that I had no right over. With an aching heart and watering eyes, I turned on the spot and ran off, away from the debris and her smile in your eyes, away from your love. Susan to Justin, Year One I remember the first time I met you, the first time I met her, little excited firsties on their first trip on the Hogwarts Express. We shared our compartment with Neville Longbottom and Hermione Granger. She couldn't stop talking about all the books she'd read during the summer and everything she'd learnt about the magical world, and you drank in each single word with the utter fascination that only a muggle-born could bear. I met Hannah's eyes, rolling mine, and she gave out her shrill laugh. I knew we would be friends for eternity in that moment. And then you started laughing too, just because Hannah's laughter was so contagious. We shared sweets and jokes and muggle versus wizard life anecdotes till the sky went dark and the train slowed down, getting us to its destination. Friendship is so simple at 11 years old, and it was so simple for the three of us to seal it as we all sat under the yellow and black banners of Hufflepuff in the Great Hall, enjoying the delicious food and the cheery chatterer all around us. That night, in my four-poster, I thought about her happiness. I thought about your wonder. And I smiled as I fell asleep. Hannah to Justin, Year Two You lay in that hospital bed, as rigid and cold as a statue. Tears rolled down my cheeks, and I held your hand, hoping that you would return the grasp, that you would open your eyes and smile at me and make me feel better. I was scared for you for the school, for myself, even if Ernie didn't stop reassuring me that I was a pureblood and had no reason to fear. Susan sat beside you, too, on the other side of your bed. She wasn't scared. She rarely was, and I've always admired her courage and her ability to keep her cool in stressful situations. Later on, she confessed to me that the sorting hat considered putting her into Gryffindor, which surprised me at first, but actually makes a lot of sense. She wasn't scared. If anything, she was angry angry that this had happened to you and that no one had done anything to avoid it to prevent it from happening to someone else. 
She was angry, but when she caught my glance, her features softened and she reached out and clasped my hand. Don't cry, Hannah. You heard what Madame Pomfrey said. The mandrake potion will be ready soon. Justin will be all right. Everything will be all right. I nodded and tried to smile, and she smiled back. It made her blue eyes shine, and I felt my cheeks heat up a little. I looked down at you again. I stroked your hair. I kissed your forehead. Come back to us, Justin. We miss you. It had never registered to me before. How cute you looked, even with that look of terror on your petrified face. Justin to Hannah, Year 3 I first realised it in third year. Hufflepuff celebrations were always glorious, but I can't remember another party just like that one. Streams of butterbeer, tons and tons of sweets nicked from the kitchens, weird sisters' music playing at full volume while people danced and sang along off-key. Someone even charmed the lights in the common room to give them a psychedelic effect. A Quidditch victory wasn't a common occurrence, and Cedric Diggory beating Potter to the snitch was something some of us would probably brag about for years, even if Cedric himself thought the Dementor's presence had made it a bit unfair. Personally, I couldn't understand what the big deal was. I never really understood Quidditch. I was more of a fan of quieter muggle sports like tennis. Wimbledon was my thing. You were among the dancing crowd by yourself, laughing as you turned on the spot at an always increasing speed. It was making me dizzy for you, but I couldn't stop staring. Then you slowed down and stopped and met my glance. You smiled, and while I had known that smile for more than two years, that night my heart skipped a beat seeing it, seeing the happiness shine in your light brown eyes. I think I smiled back, but you had already joined Susan and Megan and you weren't looking in my direction anymore. Hannah, eh? Ernie asked, elbowing me and smiling knowingly. Don't know what you're talking about, I replied, loudly to be heard over the music. But I did know what he was talking about, and of course he'd got it right. That night, I fell in love with you. Susan to Justin, Year 4 Lesbian, a word that had always scared me. Not the word in itself, more the way people could react to it. People like my father, who had fought with Aunt Amelia so many times over it, my father, who would never want or dream of having that word associated with me. Maybe it was that fear, that need for his approval, that prompted me to say yes when you asked me to the Yule Ball. Maybe it was just the desire of being someone's date, of getting the chance to dance and enjoy the night just like everyone else in our year. We were among the first to join the champions on the dance floor. You put your hand on the small of my back and led me along with the waltz while I kept staring at my feet and counting in my head one, two, three, one, two, three, too concentrated on getting my steps right and avoiding treading on your toes. Later, I sat down and took off my left shoe to massage my tired ankle while you went to pick up drinks for both of us. Hannah was still dancing with some Bobaton guy, her long night blue dress raising up a little at the bottom her blonde hair swaying at her bare back. A fairy tale princess, too beautiful to be true, and I found myself wishing to be the one pirouetting with her. You sat next to me, handed me a glass. I took a sip of it without inquiring about what it was. I immediately recognised the taste of pumpkin. Of course, you would choose the sweetest and most innocent drink available. Thank you, I said quietly, turning to you. You were staring at her as well, your eyes reflecting the same longing I was feeling, and my stomach twisted with jealousy. And then you looked at me and smiled and reached out to pull a strand of my hair behind my ear. You look beautiful tonight. 
your lips met mine i had never kissed before and it felt so right my arms around your neck my mouth much more confident than my feet had been during the waltz and then we separated and it just felt so wrong because i knew i was thinking of her and i knew you were thinking of her i stood up and ran away and hardly talked to you since justin to susan year five i was bent over my arithmancy book trying to figure out the meaning behind all those complex formulas my mind was elsewhere though three tables behind me to be exact where you were sitting with her busy with some other school workload I could have stood up and joined you. I could have talked to you the night before at the DA meeting as we practiced the Expelliarmus charm together. I could and should have talked to you at least a thousand times. Instead, I've kept hiding from the both of you all year. Idiot. I turned to look behind my back for a second. You didn't notice because you were both concentrating on writing on your parchments, quills scribbling rapidly, blonde hair and red hair pulled up in a chignon and a ponytail. So similar, so different, so confusing the way i dreamt of your kiss in the day the way i stared at her smile at night i got back to my book to my numbers and variables to my alphas and betas if i knew something about arithmancy it was that every problem had its solution as hard to find as it may be i wish life were the same i wish things were as simple as a few years before when it was just the three of us three inseparable friends who could talk about everything no thoughts of love no stupid hormones to ruin it all idiot 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 i had lost you both already and i hadn't even realized it justin to hannah year six the officiant's words washed over me empty meaningless beside me you were crying silent tears streaming down your delicate cheeks even with those red puffy eyes you looked beautiful I wanted to hug you, to clasp your hand, to whisper to you that everything would be all right, but I knew it, it wouldn't, and it would be pointless trying to convince you of the opposite. I knew deep down that I wouldn't see this castle again, that I wouldn't be back after the summer. I knew that with Dumbledore gone, it was only a matter of time before people like me would be hunted down. Mudblood. I would have to hide to run away, and I wouldn't see your sweet smile any more. You were a light meant to brighten the darkness the world was falling into, but you would never again shine for me. And it was in that moment that I knew for sure that I loved you, that Susan had been just a comet in my sky while you had always been the sun. When we got off the train in London the day after, I hugged you tight, trying to tell you without words how much you mattered to me, how much I would miss you, how much I loved you. See you in September, Jas, you said, but I knew from your tone that you knew it was a goodbye. I just nodded and forced a smile, pretending all was normal, pretending all was right. It was so much easier that way. Hannah to Justin, year seven. Justin, wait! You stopped and turned. In a heartbeat I was beside you, panting heavily for, from the run, and then I threw my arms around your waist and buried my face in your chest. I'm so glad you're all right. You hugged me back but didn't reply. The silence felt so wrong, so awkward, and I let you go and looked at you in the eyes. How did you get here? I asked, just to hear the sound of a human voice. You showed me the palm of your right hand and the golden galleon resting on it. I got the message, you said quietly and almost sadly. I couldn't keep hiding any longer. I nodded, the silence spread between us again. And then you looked at a window on my right and murmured slowly, So, you and Susan... 
I'm sorry. What for? You turned to me again with a confused frown. Embarrassment warmed my cheeks. Well, it's just, you liked her, didn't you? You shook your head. The gesture made no sense to me, nor did the words you uttered after. No, Hannah, I liked you. A hundred and one thoughts crossed my mind as I blinked once, twice, three times, and then I heard myself asking, Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I wanted to tell you that I was sorry, that things could have been different if I had known before, but I wasn't sure if they would actually have been, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to hear that. Once again, it was you who spoke first. Are you too happy? I couldn't help but smile at the thought of her. Yes. Yes, we are. I clasped your hand. Will you be okay? I will. You squeezed and let go. I mean, we won. We won, I repeated. We're alive. We're free. We are free, I confirmed, and another smile curved my lips. Susan must be waiting for you. I turned to look quickly behind my back and saw her there a few feet away, staring at us. Will I see you again? I asked, turning to you again. You shrugged. Never say never? I chuckled, then hugged you again. Goodbye, Jess. Bye, Ham. Maybe it was my imagination, but I heard you whisper, I love you, as I ran back to her.